It's good to be in the presence of God together, isn't it? Amen. Lord, we worship you. We praise you, Lord. Thank you, Father. What a beautiful name it is. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. I believe God is... um, He is wanting he is wanting to ignite a fire this morning. I believe that. Uh, that um, song that Mandy just sung, and if you listen to her pray, prayer as she sung, I believe that was like a prophetic prayer this morning, that God, he wants to open our hearts and our understanding and encourage us afresh this morning in what we have in Christ, in who we have, in what we have in the Holy Spirit. We've been doing a series on Acts, and uh, it's called Empowered for Mission. And we've been looking at the person of the Holy Spirit. And, And last week, Andrew looked at the infilling, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And and Andrew asked me, today to do this uh, uh, message, Empowered for Mission, Acts, Miraculous Signs and Wonders. And when he first asked me, there was something in me that stood back from that. But as I stood, was sat in that, in that meeting with Andrew, I thought, no, if it's, it's God's Word and God has called me to handle His Word and I can bring to you a, a message this morning. God wants to work through you and I, through his church, in signs, wonders and miracles to confirm the gospel, to confirm and validate the person of our Lord Jesus Christ. And as I speak this morning, I will speak about miraculous signs and wonders, but it's not just about that. It's about working with the Holy Spirit, allowing the Holy Spirit to work in and through us, in and through you as an individual, and in in and through us corporately as a church. It's about being open and desiring the Holy Spirit and His gifts. Father, in Jesus' name, I ask you'd help me handle your word this morning. I thank you for the Bible. It's inspired by the Holy Ghost. I ask that you would just help me Father, in Jesus' name, glorify you and bring a word that is encouraging, Father, that helps us to move with you and with your Holy Spirit. I'm going to read from Acts chapter 2, verse 42. I'm picking up in Acts, and so the Holy Spirit has come. The 120 have been... Uh, filled, baptized with the Holy Spirit. Peter has stood up and given an, an, an incredible uh, message and 3,000 people were, were saved, came to Jesus. And this is what it's... And the Bible in Acts 2.42 says this. Those who believed devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship to the breaking of bread and prayer. 
Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers together, all the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods. They gave to everyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. I wonder if we can just capture a bit of the feel of this moment in time, of this gathering together, the unity, the love, the joy, the grace and the power that was upon the New Testament church. They devoted themselves to one another, to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to breaking of bread and prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. Many. I just want to talk briefly about what miraculous signs and wonders are. And I'm going to be quoting from a book by Barry Chant. And a few of us, quite a few of us know Barry Chant. And this book, Spiritual Gifts, A Reappraisal, is an excellent book. And I commend it to, to you today. In fact, I commend it to our church leaders, our home group leaders, to, to get a hold of this book. It's, it's a biblical book based on the Bible, as you know Barry Wood. And he says this, A miracle is an effective, an effective demonstration of the power of God to do what is normally impossible to do. He says the word terrace, which means wonder, only ever occurs in the New Testament together with Simeon's sign. A miracle is a sign from God of his power, but not just an ordinary sign. It is one which causes wonder and amazement in those who behold it. The three terms all give a different emphasis. A sign points to something, in this case Christ. A wonder creates in us a sense of awe and worship. A miracle turns tragedy into triumph. It does us good. We could summarise like this. A sign gives us direction, or speaks of direction. A wonder uh, speaks of worship, a miracle of power. Signs, wonders and miracles. All three terms to get, uh, occur together in Acts 2.22, uh, Corinthians 12.12 12, and Hebrews 2.4. Signs, wonders and, and miracles... They're not ordinary. They're not even just, they're not even every day. But God wants them to be a part of our church, of our mission. Signs, wonders and miracles. And it's impossible to read the book of Acts and not be struck by the amazing the amazing things that God does through His Spirit and through the early church. It's just a, it's an amazing thing. We, we see in uh, Acts 3, the lame, the crippled man healed. We see things like Peter's people being healed even as Peter's shadow passes by. We, see, we read of things, extraordinary things. Paul's handkerchief, people 
take Paul's handkerchief and people are healed. We see Dorcas raised from the dead. We see Peter's escape from prison. Amazing things. Amazing things. And sometimes as we read the book of Acts, we think, wow, that happens every day of a life in the book of Acts. Well, I, don't, I just want to bring it down a little bit. The book of Acts is written over about, it's about 33 years of history. Okay? But nonetheless, we can expect God to work by His Spirit. Miraculously. And we're going to look at a passage of Scripture today which is one of these amazing accounts. And it's Acts chapter 3, where Peter heals the cripple at the gate beautiful. It's an amazing demonstration of God's power. It's an amazing demonstration of, the, of someone walking and operating the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the Apostle Peter. Let's just read it. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now a man crippled from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold, I do not have. But what I have, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit, sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened. While the beggar held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to them, Men of Israel, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we have made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, the God of our fathers has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed. You disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. You disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know has been made strong. It is in Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has given this complete healing to him, as you can all see. Peter says, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. What I have, I give you. What I have, I give you. What does Peter have? I just want to step back a bit and, and ask, who is Peter? Just, just for a little, just briefly think about who this man Peter is. He was a fisherman, 
The Bible says he's an ordinary, unschooled man. He's called by Jesus, and he hears the call to discipleship and follows Jesus. He's, he's sat under the teacher of all teachers, Jesus. He, he's come to a place of revelation where Jesus Christ is Lord, where he knows that this is the Son of God. This is the Messiah. And Jesus has said to Peter, You are Peter. On this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not overcome it. You are Peter. On this rock, on the revelation, from the book of Matthew you can read about it, from the revelation of who Jesus is, the Christ, the Son of God, the Messiah. You're Peter, and I'm, I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. I'm giving you the gospel. I'm giving you authority to go and speak in my name. This is the Peter we're talking about. This is the Peter. And as we read in the New Testament, we can see in, the, in, the, in, the, uh, in the, the Gospels, we can read of Peter. He's not a perfect man by any means. He denies Jesus. He runs away. But Jesus instructs his disciples, Peter amongst them, to wait. He, by the way, Peter's seen the risen Lord as well. He's seen the risen Lord. And, and this risen Lord Jesus has said, wait till the Holy Spirit comes. Wait till you're clothed in power. And they've waited and the Holy Spirit's come. And Peter is clothed in power. He is filled with the Holy Spirit. He is filled with the Holy, Holy Spirit and power and fire. This is Peter. And apart from his unique call, apart from the uniqueness of his call to be one of the original apostles, you and I have available everything he has in Christ Jesus. You and I have available forgiveness of sins, adoption of sons and daughters of the living God. You and I have access to the throne of grace. You and I, Jesus, has, as Andrew has spoken this morning around communion, Jesus, through his work on the cross, has made it possible for you and I to be filled with the Holy Spirit. What I have, I give you. What I have, I give you. And we, we need a revelation. I need a revelation. I need a biblical Holy Spirit revelation of who I am in Christ and what I have, what God has given me in the Holy Spirit in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I remember listening to uh, Ken Chant, and Ken can be a little bit abrasive. Some of those of us who did uh, Bible, uh, Bible school. I like Ken Chant. He's a straight shooter. I like him. He said when it was, it was in vogue to run around from one church to another church to get prayed for some blessing, he said, I refuse to do that. He said, I refuse because I know what I have in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I know who I have. I know. Brothers and sisters, we need to know what we have in the Holy Spirit. And Peter knows what he has. What I have, I give you. 
I've been talking about general. But I believe the Bible's saying at this time, Peter is actually saying, what I have in this very moment of time, what I have for this purpose, I give you. I give you. That beggar thought he was going to get silver and gold. Peter didn't have natural resources. He had divine. He had divine resources. And God at that moment gave Peter and John, but gave Peter the faith to believe, to work that miracle. He gave him a gift of faith. Was it a gift of faith? A gift of working of miracles, a gifts of healing. I'm not sure, maybe all three. But he gave him, at that moment of time, the Holy Spirit gave Peter, and he knew he had it, and he said, I'm, what, I, what I have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. I like what Marilyn said. We need some boldness and courage to share, to give what God has given us and when He gives us. Amen. This is not around the gifts of the Spirit so much, but just from my own experience, when I was in PNG, uh, when I led the team there one year, we met up with another team from Melbourne, uh, under, uh, led by Lois Cronin, uh, uh, all girls, and, they were, and we were part of a feeding program, and, they, and one of the girls uh, preached the gospel to, uh, there was, I don't know how many people, there was quite a few, a lot of people preached the gospel and we were there just standing by, on, by, by, her, by the, as a team, just letting this team from Melbourne minister this day and she preached the gospel and there was a response to the gospel and people were coming forward and coming forward and I'm just standing there and it's like I'm just looking at the crowd, not really expecting uh, too much, I'm just praying I think I, and it's like in that crowd there is this one young man, he just stood out for me. It was just like my whole attention was on him. It's like God was saying, Selwyn, I want you to go and speak with this young man. And I went and I spoke with this young man and I gave him what I had to say, which was essentially the gospel. And I shared with this young man the gospel. And there's a part of me, I don't know even if this young man can understand English. I'm presuming he could. Otherwise, otherwise God was really working some miracle because I spoke to this young man and he just stood there and I went back and that's all, I, I just didn't do anything else and the ministry time was ending, the, the, time, the invitation to receive Christ, everyone had walked out the front, it was like it was all over and then this young one, this young man, he got up and he walked solitary by himself out to the front there's another time in the shop this is in the shop and you know what we talk with people all the time in the shop and the amount of people who say you know obviously we all go through stuff and we have conversations we're not well we're, uh, there's some people who are really sick who I know in the shop and this one lady who, who's a little bit abrasive really but over time I've got to, to know, know her and like her and she was in the shop one day and it just came to me. It was a bit like that time in PNG 
And so it's, it just came to me that I should pray. Ask this lady. I didn't have faith to, to, um, to, to declare her well. In fact, you'll find out I didn't have a lot of faith at all. But I felt I should just pray, I should ask this lady for permission to pray for her. And I was about to do that. It was just her and me and other customers started coming to the store. And I'm starting to weigh up, what do I do? You know, what's, what's a go? And I'm being honest. I chickened out. And I've regretted that to this day. May God give me another opportunity. But what I'm saying is we need to take steps of faith and give. Give what God has given us. Give that which we have. We need to be open to the Spirit of God open to the Holy Spirit and allow Him and look to Him to provide the grace and power we need in the, in the given moment, in the given time. When God asks you to go to speak to your neighbour, when God asks you to go to pray for the sick, when God asks you and gives you a, a prophetic word, a word of knowledge, we need to take a step of faith and give Peter said, what I have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Peter, who had heard Jesus call to him to walk on the water, and he'd call him in the Gospels, he'd, he'd, he'd heard that Jesus call him and he, to walk on the water. This Peter, he stepped out at the, of the boat at that time, believing Jesus, and he walked on water. This Peter, but he, he got, you know, he looked at the waves, the storm, he started to sink, but Jesus didn't let him sink, did he? he? Jesus rescued him. Jesus helped him. This Peter, at this moment in time, he hears the Spirit of God. I wonder if he had a moment to doubt. I wonder if he did. I'm sure he did to tell the truth, but this time he takes the man by the right hand. That's Peter acting in faith. And instantly the man's ankles became strong. God wrought a mighty miracle because Peter gave what he had and acted on that. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Something about, there's a quality about the miraculous, the genuine, that validates Jesus, that points to him, that glorifies Jesus. Jesus Christ of Nazareth, not just any Jesus. Not just any Jesus, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the historic Lord, Israel's Messiah, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, fully, fully man, fully God. In the name of Jesus Christ. God wants you and I to give that which he has given us confidently in Jesus' name. We're ambassadors for Jesus, amen? We're his representatives. We walk in his authority. He has given us authority. He, he, he has given us authority 
to go and proclaim the gospel. He has given us authority to minister in His name. And He's made the Holy Spirit available to us that we might be filled with Him and, 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 and operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Jesus wants us to pray, to minister confidently in His name. In His name. The response of the people. Peter is uh, talking. This the, he's talking to Jews when he's addressing the people in in this passage. In fact, the whole church initially was Jewish. It became the Gentiles were welcomed in. But at this point of time, this is a very Jewish setting. And Peter says and to, to, the, to the men of Israel, when they see what's happened, you see, they can't deny what's happened. When God works in a, in a truly miraculous way, there's no denying. It's, there's no, nothing psychosomatic about it. You can't even question it, really. You can reject it, and people make up, can, can uh, make up reasons and ex- try to explain things away. But if you read the, this account in Acts, in Acts 4, even the Sanhedrin, even the Jewish leaders who were rejecting the message, in fact, told Peter and John not to speak in this name, could not deny that this man had been healed. They could not deny it. They're amazing miracles. What... You know, it's, not, it's when the people, it's when the person who the miracle has happened to is telling the story and proclaiming Jesus that I get most excited about. I mean, I, I could tell you uh, stories, but they're just their stories. And, and, but when the, the actual person that has received the miracle or the healing or received directly from God themselves is testifying, that's powerful. And Peter says, men of Israel, why does this surprise you? They were surprised. I mean, why why does it surprise you, men of Israel? You're, You're the people of Israel. You're God's chosen. You're called to be a theocracy on earth, his servants and representatives. You've seen the power of God at work throughout your history. Why does this surprise you? Why does it? I wonder if a miracle happens in our midst today whether we'll be surprised. Why, why should it surprise us? Why, why should we not expect God to work miraculously in signs, wonders and miracles? Why should we not expect the gifts of the Holy Spirit to be functioning more freely than they are in our lives and in our church and through our church? Gifts of the Holy Spirit not just for Sunday mornings, Gifts of the Holy Spirit are for every day of our lives, for the assignment God has called us to be. Whether that's in my business, in your place at school, wherever you are, gifts of the Holy Spirit. Your home groups, good place to practice, good place place to learn. 
with, and, and encourage one another in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Why should we be surprised, brothers and sisters in Christ? How, how can we not believe that God wants to move in our midst as we proclaim Jesus Christ and Him crucified, as we proclaim Jesus of Nazareth, re- buried, uh, crucified, buried on the third day, rose from the, from the dead. We need to get, get it in, in context. When we read the book of Acts, all these, these gifts, these mighty workings are all in the context of the mission of the, of the proclamation of the gospel of the church proclaiming Christ, living Christ. It's all about Jesus Christ and Him crucified, risen from the dead. It's all, as, as, as uh, Peter says, that the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified His servant Jesus. That's what we want to be about. We want to be glorifying our servant Jesus. And as we look for God for the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the mighty workings of His power, that we do so to glorify Jesus and we don't glorify man or ourselves. That's when things start to go haywire and wrong. When we, when we start to glorify something or someone else other than Jesus. Let's believe God. Let's pray. Let's minister confidently in Jesus' name. Let's be desiring the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to flip over to Acts 4, verse 20. On their release, Peter and John have been in prison for a time, just for a day, I think, and then let go. They've been imprisoned by the the, uh, Jewish leaders, the Sanhedrin. And on their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by your Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats. Enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal, to perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And they prayed, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Wow. I want to tell you, this was a church that was praying together. They were praying together. The apostles at this time are working the signs, wonders and miracles. But it's not just about the apostles. It's about the whole church. And the whole church is praying together. They're praying together. It's not something they just they sat down in a committee and organised. It's something the Holy Spirit did. The Holy Spirit led, in, in, encouraged, like he, he, he gave the desire to pray 
He, he, he brought the church together in incredible unity and prayed, and they're all praying together. And they're praying in the face of opposition, in the, in, in the face of uh, discouragement to get the message out. They're praying, Lord, Lord, stretch out, uh, give us great boldness to speak your word. The church is praying, stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Lord, would you act? Lord, would you move in power? Would you do that, Father God, in Jesus' name? The church together, they're together in this miraculous ministry. And at this time, they're all filled with the Holy Spirit. Those who have already been baptized and, and received the Holy Spirit are filled again. They're filled with enabling grace for a specific purpose. That's what we need to be looking for and believing God for, I believe. God wants to give us enabling grace and power for the things He's called you and I to do. I bought a little i30 just recently. It's a turbocharged diesel. Man, for a little car, it goes. And you know, I can fill that tank full of diesel and I can drive along and when I put down the foot, if I really put it down, this little turbo kicks in. This, and, and, I, and I'm not a mechanic, but I believe this little turbo spinning, spinning, picking up more fuel at a greater rate and delivering it to the combustion engine very precisely. See, the car's already got full of diesel, but now it's at a greater rate. And we can be full of the Holy Ghost, but there's times when we need a greater rate. We need an, an acceleration. We need God to accelerate us and empower us to do that which He's called us to do. Are we praying? Are we believing? Are we going to step out in faith? And allow God to do what he desires to do in and through you and I. For his namesake and for his glory. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much out of time. <laughs> but I want to tell you something. We've been looking at the apostles and the church praying together. They're involved together in this miraculous ministry. And, and Corinthians, if we read 1 Corinthians 12 and... We read about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The gifts of the Holy Spirit, my Bible tells me, they're given when He determines, as the Spirit determines, not just when I determine. But I do need faith though, don't I? I do need an expectant faith and looking to step out. Peter had to step out. He had to take the guy's hand. He had the gift of, of miraculous healings at that time. But he had to, take a, uh, he had to act in faith. And as you read Acts, it's not just the apostles working in signs, wonders and miracles, working in the power of God. Stephen, he was a man full of God's grace and power. He, along with Philip, initially, they were, they were, they were chosen to help administrate things. He did great signs and wonders among the people. Philip went down to Samaria. He proclaimed the Christ there. Crowd saw what the miraculous signs he did. 
And they all paid close attention to what he said. With shrieks, evil spirits came out of many, and many paralytics and cripples were healed. We read in Galatians 3, verse 6. This is to a church, a local body. Does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you because you observe the law or because you believe what you heard? local body of Christ, the whole bodies somehow involved in the miraculous ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then of course Corinthians. I've got no idea what God's going to do in and through us as a church. I've got some idea but I don't know the gifts God's going to impart to you. But I do understand that God gives us gifts of His Holy Spirit to meet the needs of the people we minister to, to confirm the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ and to bring health to, to the body, to us. And I just believe that God wants us to open our hearts and believe him to move in power in and through us. Amen. What do you have? What do you have? Are we willing to have? Are we desiring gifts of the Holy Spirit? Boldness for service, submission, and mission. Are we going on having the Holy Spirit? Are we believing and looking for God for increased measure when we need it? Are we willing to lay down our life? The reason I didn't act in the shop, to tell the truth, could have been fear, could have been pride. It's all got to do with self. Are we willing to lay down our life, our reputation, and step out with the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ in power. It's great to see Mike commented and, and Marilyn sharing. It's great to see just that half hour of prayer before service has been growing. It's been growing. I thank God for that. Are we prepared to pray corporately? for God to act, to stretch out his hand. This challenged me. I, I thought of my own prayer life. Often I thank God for his hand upon this situ situation, his hand upon us, his hand. And I'm really thanking God for his provision and protection, which is great. But I am I praying for the hand of God to move in mighty acts of power through, in and through our church, in and through his body. Pray with confidence in Jesus' name. Serve confidently in his name. And minister the gifts of the Holy Spirit as he distributes them in his name. Let's do it. I'm going to close. We're going to pray. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. I believe God does want to ignite ignite hearts this morning ignite us and encourage us deeply in the gifts of the holy spirit 
and in receiving his spirit. I believe the fire is already burning. There's, there's a fire, but when the spirit of God comes, it's like he pours more fuel on the fire and there's an explosion. There's, there's an energy that God can give us through his spirit. I'm not talking about experiences for experience's sake. I'm talking about the person of the Holy Spirit being filled, being strengthened in Him. I'm, 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 I'm talking to people who are willing to say, Yes, Lord, I'm going to follow you and lay down my life for Jesus no matter what it costs. If you would like us to pray, if you would like us to pray together for you as a church, and if you feel that's right to come forward and, and you know this morning, you need God, you need the Holy Spirit to just unblock ministry gifts calling in your life. He's not gonna Peter's responding to a call, the call of God. And then the gifts of the Spirit are given as He needs. They're not a permanent dwelling. The person of the Holy Spirit is. But the gifts, they're given as the Spirit directs and as we, by faith, act. But, is, but God is calling us and wants to unlock and help us to step out in faith in the power of His Holy Spirit. Maybe you need a miracle today. Miracles are given not only for evangelism, but for the health of the body of Christ. Maybe you, you have a need today. Maybe you identify with what Meryl shared. And you would just like someone, brothers and sisters to, in Christ, to pray with you. I'd encourage you to come forward or to go to someone you trust and know within the body and ask them to pray. And what I'm asking is, believe God would say let's look to him for the gifts of the Holy Spirit to meet the need of the person you're praying for that's a gift this if they're not well we need gifts of healing Lord they need an encouragement we need a prophetic word or a word of wisdom they need a miracle we need a gift of miracles